Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. Let's open our Bibles up to the book of 1 Timothy today. I'm excited to share God's word with you. And uh, we're in the middle of our series called Legacy. And uh, that's happening uh, we're going to do part two today, and I'm real excited to share with you uh, what God has placed on my heart. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19 says this, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, which richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. You know God wants you to be blessed. And he wants you to enjoy those blessings, but it doesn't stop with enjoyment. Here's what he says. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. Again, we talked last week about legacy. We talked about that this is not the only life. Again, we have a beginning and we have an end. It's what we do with the dash in the middle that determines what happens at the next level. And so he says that for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I want to read this out of a different translation, out of a passion translation. He says this, to all the rich of this world, I command you not to be wrapped in thoughts of pride over your prosperity or rely on your wealth. For your riches are unreliable and nothing compared to the living God. In other words, keep your priorities straight. And he says this, he says, trust instead in the one who has lavished upon us all good things, fulfilling our every need. Remind the wealthy to be rich in good works of extravagant generosity, willing to share with others. This will provide a beautiful foundation for their lives and secure for them a great future as they lay their hands upon the meaning of true life. Last week, we, we ended with a statement, and here's the statement we ended with last week, is that there is more to this life than this life. That it's very important that in the season that we're living in, in, the, in, in our lives, that we invest more in the life that is to come. And so today I want to talk to you from the thought, treasures in heaven. What kind of perspective should we have in this season? When we think about legacy and we think about laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven, that as he said in 1 Timothy, that we are commanded to do good, to be rich in good deeds, that's our behavior, and to be generous and willing to share. Now, a lot of times we think this is just money. It's much more than money. How many know a smile goes a long way? Come on, man. How many know an encouraging note goes a long way? How many know the, the small acts of kindness goes a long way? Whether it's baking somebody some cookies or whether it's just going over and asking your neighbor, how are you doing during this season? Maybe picking up the phone and calling a friend and saying, how, how's life, how is life in this season? How can I pray for you? Because generosity is not just about money, it's about lifestyle. He said that we should be rich in good deeds and generous and willing to share. So what perspective should we have when it comes to treasures per se in heaven? The first one is this, is the reason we need to have a legacy perspective or a heavenly perspective is because heaven, not earth, is our home. Now you're thinking, well, pastor, what, what do you mean by that? You're going to live there longer than you do here. 
you know, you may live here for 80, 90. Come on, some of you may get 110 in. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but you're going to live a certain amount of years here on the earth. And what you do with the dash from the time you were born till the time you die, you know when I say dash, I'm talking about what they're going to put on your tombstone. You know, you were born this year and you died this year. What happened with the dash in the middle of your life is going to determine what that place looks like, what heaven looks like. And uh, we have to live with this mentality that we're just traveling through this earth. So listen, I would encourage you that if you're going to live a life of legacy, you can't let this culture stick to you. You were meant to pass through it. Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff that comforts me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, somebody. He says, you'll pass through the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't say you're going to stop and camp there. So we're not camping here. We're, we're, there's a heavenly home, and we must live with a heavenly perspective. Come on, man, God's preparing you. John 14 says he's preparing you a mansion. Some of you are like, thank God, this 900 square feet's getting real tight. <laughs> but you're going to have a heavenly mansion. Well, listen to what Philippians says in Philippians chapter 3. He says, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their, dis- their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what he says. He says their destiny is destruction. They're self-indulged. The the glory is their shame. He says, and they mind earthly things. Listen, if you ever want to live with a legacy, heavenly-minded perspective, you're going to have to change how you think. Earthly things are not things that are, uh, yeah, we need to have wisdom on this earth, and we need to have those things, but that wisdom doesn't come from this realm. That wisdom comes from another realm. Why? Because your citizenship is in heaven. Number two perspective that we should have is the reason we need to think in this direction is because the line is longer than the dot. The line is longer than the dot. Here's what I mean, that if I had a, a picture for you that had a dot and it had a line with an arrow, most of us put all of our time on the dot. The dot is your life right now. And we put everything on the dot, and this is, what I'm, this, this is how life is supposed to be, and you focus all your efforts on the dot. It's my destiny, it's my purpose, it's my calling, it's my direction. Okay, well, that's your dot. What about eternity? The line for eternity is much longer than the current life that you're living or the dot that you're living in. Listen to what Hebrews says in Hebrews 11 in the message. He says, people who live this way make it plain that they are looking for their true home. They were, uh, uh, they were after a far better country than that heavenly country. Uh, you can see why God is so proud of them and has a city waiting for, there were, they, it says they were after a far better country than that, their heavenly country. In other words, they were making decisions, they were dealing with life from a heavenly perspective. That's what legacy looks like. When we live with this idea that, look, the line is much longer than the current dot that we're living in, you guys realize the chaos right now and the season we're living in will end one day? Man, it's going to end one day. That dot, that, that dot, and today it's going to end, but that line is going to go on forever. And the legacy that you leave and the legacy that you prepare for in heaven is going to last forever. So here's the third mindset that we have to have. It's because there's limited time an incredible opportunity. I wonder how many of us today, whether watching online or sitting here in person, have used this time as an opportunity. 
No, not to stout your opinion, not to, not to just give your opinion about what's going on, but how many of us really took this opportunity to make it an opportunity? In the middle of COVID, in the middle of fear, in the middle of things that people are going through, we should, we, we really, we really should. I'm about to get on a soapbox. You ready? Because this soapbox is tall. Your opinion about what's happening is just your opinion. God did not call us just to give our opinion. He wants you to understand that the current state of our culture is an opportunity to reach people that are far from God. There are people that are fearful that need to know there is a God in heaven that knows how to set them free, deliver them, and be the anchor of their soul in this season. Not your opinion. Woo, you don't even know how many times I've typed up a Facebook message or comment on some of your comments and hit delete. Boy, I'm about done with that. I'm just being honest with you. It's time you grow up. Be, be, be a Christian. Be a Christ follower in this season. Live for Jesus. Let's see this as an opportunity to help people instead of hurting people with our words. Praise God, that soapbox is over. The point is this. We need, listen to what Ephesians 5 says. 15 to 16 says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Listen to what he says. He predicates the opportunity because the days are evil. He doesn't say because the days are good. He doesn't say because the days are filled with blessing or we're tiptoeing through the tulips or, or, uh, or, we're, or, we're, or, or, or we're, we're just walking through fields of wonder. No, what he's saying is the days are evil. Cease the opportunity. There's a great opportunity in front of us, and there's a limited time in front of us as well. So make the most of the, your opportunity. I want to share a story with you from one of the gentlemen at Clean Slate Living. And uh, he, uh, we had delivered last week, or yeah, the week before, we delivered hygiene bags to these guys. And, and they don't have anything, and so we wanted to bless them and just be a blessing to them. And this, th this man named William, he, he sent us an email, and he said this. He said, my name is William. I'm currently in the Clean Slate Sober Living Program. He said, today I received a bag of men's toiletries, including a toothbrush, toothpaste, body wash, and deodorant. Once more reminding me that there are people out there who still care about mankind. Sometimes because we are addicted or struggling or homeless, people have a perception that we are the epitome of this earth. I just want to send my gratitude and thanks to you and your community. These items will be used, not tossed aside. God is great and works in ways that, uh, uh, one, that one can only imagine as long as you are opened, open-armed to his message and his forgiving heart. Sincerely, yours, William, CSSL client. Come on, man. Wait. We have a limited opportunity in front of us where we have an opportunity with limited time. $3.80 to change a life. He, sa he, says, he says, sometimes because we are addicted or struggling or homeless, people have a perception that we are the epitome of their, listen to me for just a minute. You know, Jesus specializes in helping those that are out, that are downcast. Jesus said, hey, listen, I'll go, I'll, 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 I'll deliver a Samaritan who I'm not supposed to talk to. Come on, somebody. He wasn't supposed to touch the leper. 
The leper's considered unclean. And he looks at this leper in the Bible and he says, he says, what do you want from me? He, he says, I'd be clean. The Bible says that Jesus placed his hand upon the leper. Why? Because he knew that leprosy wasn't greater than the power that was working on the inside of him called the Holy Spirit. He wasn't nervous. He wasn't scared about it. No, he put his hand on something that was untouchable. Where everybody else had considered him an outcast, Jesus said, nope, there's healing power available for you. And he touched the untouchables. He, he, he went after those that nobody else would go after. He loved on those. Why? Because Jesus, 33 years on the earth. Anybody older than 33? Okay. You made it past Jesus' lifetime on the earth. 33 years. You're not 29, TJ. 33 years. 33 years on the earth. And think of the impact that the Son of God made. He loved the unlovable. He loved those that nobody else would deal with. He went in. Re Why? Because he knew he had a limited time but a great opportunity. I remember John chapter four where he's talking about the harvest. And he said, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He said, send forth laborers out into the harvest that my house may be filled. You know, the disciples at that moment were like, yeah, yeah, Lord, we wanna, we wanna reach the harvest. But this is in the context of John chapter four, which is the Samaritan woman. Yeah, God, we wanna reach the harvest. And he says, right there it is. No, no, no. God, we want to reach the multitudes. We want to reach the harvest. That's what the disciples were thinking. And Jesus was saying, right here's your harvest. The people that are broke, busted, and disgusted. Those that don't have a father, those that are lost, those that don't have a destiny, those that think people have given up on them, people that, the, the, the people that think there is no hope. Listen, why? Because there is a limited time with a great opportunity. So listen, how do we move into the direction of what God has for our life with treasures in heaven? The fourth thing, the fourth mentality is this, is because it's smart. It's smart. The mentality of leaving legacy says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in. Listen to me, can I tell you that everything you've got right now ain't gonna last forever. You can enjoy it. Thank God. He wants us to enjoy everything that he, he's given us and blessed us with. But at the end of the day, we must understand that our investment must be greater than just, just this earth. It must transfer into something much greater than ourselves. He says, where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal, store your treasures in heaven. Where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. It's a powerful passage. These are, these, are, these are perceptions. These are ways by which we must think and the ways that we must live in this season. So how do we, how do, we do? That's kind of the what. That's kind of the why we live with this perspective. So how do we do it? Listen to Luke chapter 12. And we'll, I'll give you a couple things and we'll be finished. Luke chapter 12, verse 16 says this, and he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to, you, I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. 
wow, wouldn't you think that God would be like, hey, man, that's the ticket. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, you get more harvest, you're supposed to build more barns. No, God says, you fool. Now, I'm not saying we don't plan, we don't do those sorts of things, but listen to what he says. He says, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. He makes this statement. He calls him a fool. This is the greatest indictment against him in this moment. And that this was the proof of his spiritual condition that he was rich toward himself but not rich toward God. God wants us, if we're going to live with treasures in heaven, and we're going to focus on how to live beyond the dot, that we must, in our lives, learn how to be rich toward God. How do we do that? Number one is this, we must give ourselves to God. Come on, man, I'm not talking about just a prayer. I'm talking about a life. I'm talking about giving my whole self to God. I'm talking about trying to wrap my life around Jesus, that I give everything to him, my destiny, my purpose, my calling, the, the, my, my family. I get, everything goes to him. My money, my possessions, I give myself to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20 says, You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. What was the price? The Son of God? The Son of God that, that he would die on the cross for us. I love what John Bunnell says this. He says, If one first gives himself to the Lord, all other giving is easy. Listen to that. When we give ourselves to the Lord, when, when, what it means to be rich toward God, storing treasures in heaven, is that we give ourselves to God. Number two, act like a steward, not an owner. Act like a steward, not an owner. Psalm 24.1 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who, all who live in it. Listen, you must act like a steward, not an owner. What are you doing on the earth right now? You're managing God's possessions on his behalf in every area of your life. Oh, well, you know, Pastor, I worked really hard to get where I am today. Absolutely. But let me read you Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 18. He says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish it. In other words, it's not you. You're a steward of God's blessing and resources on the earth. You're a steward of those things. So here's what he says. He says, yeah, you worked really hard, but if you didn't have that breath that I put in there, you wouldn't have the ability to get wealth. He put power. He said he gave you the power to get wealth. So we have to act like a steward, not an owner. We don't own anything. We're the blessed assurance, or we're blessed steward of everything. I about started singing. Do you see that? Blessed assurance. Forgive me. Act like a steward, not an owner. Number three is this. View everything through the lens of eternity. Everything. Through that lens of eternity. Hebrews 11 says it this way. Moses chose to be mistreated along with people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. The pleasures of sin run out. For a short time, it might be pleasurable, but before long, it's going to lead to destruction. Listen to what he says. He says, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Why? Because he was looking ahead to his reward. Moses lived with a lens of eternity mentality. And number four is this, in closing, be intentional, be intentional. If you are going to lay up treasures in heaven, if you are going to live with the line and mine and not the dot, you are going to have to be intentional. 
You, you are going to have to live with a predecided, predetermined mentality. You know, I wonder uh, how many uh, people today currently still have a for sale sign in the place of their heart. What do I mean by that? That you're still for sale. The greatest bidder can, can get your heart in this culture and world that we live in. How many of you want to be sold out? How many want to be sold? Your heart's sold. There's a sold sign in my yard for Jesus. Well, you're going to have to be intentional. It doesn't just happen. There's an intentional mentality that you must have at all times. Listen, I'm asking you in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 7. As I said it last week, we're going to be intentional with our legacy offering that's coming up on December the 6th. December the 6th is our legacy offering. We want you to go ahead and we want you to start thinking about what that's going to look like. All that money that comes in is going to go out the door. We're going to, we're going to give money to our strategic partners. Why? Because we want to invest in souls. We want to leave a legacy on the earth. And we're going to do that. We're going to bless people. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to bless the Springboro community. We're just, going to take, we're, we're just going to take that fund and we're just going to bless you're like, Pastor, shouldn't we just hang on to everything? Shouldn't we just hang on to everything? No, let's just give some stuff away. Why? Because generosity is about legacy. Generosity is about how can we, through our generosity, help the guys like William? How can, we, how can we help them? How can we be a blessing to them? What am I trying to break off of you in this series? Greed? Selfishness? Always looking at yourself, being rich towards yourself, but not rich towards God by helping others. What we want to be as a church is we can, one of our core values as a church is simply this, that we lead the way with radical generosity. If you ain't been through starting point, that's what I talk about in starting point. Our next starting point's coming up here on December the 6th. And so if you come, here are our values. That's one of our values, and that's been our value from day one, is that we would lead the way with radical generosity. Why? Because when you lead the way with radical generosity, all of a sudden, you start to leave a legacy. Be intentional. I ask you to pre-decide. I'm not going to manipulate you. I'm going to ask you to talk to God about it. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 7 says this. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. Now, if you're talking to Jesus, let me tell you, let me, ready, ready for this? If you're talking to Jesus, he's probably not going to tell you, give nothing. Why is that? It's because his heart is to give. Now, let me, let me keep reading. He says that you make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. I'm not going to do that. I want it to come out of the abundance of your heart, and I've never done that. If you look back through almost nine years of being here, uh, it's been a handful of special sort of offerings that we've taken. It's just been because you've been faithful to give. You financially have tied. You have financially been faithful to give offerings. You've always stepped up when there was a need. We gave 85 coats and they only wanted 50. We gave 700 socks this year. Man, I start going down the list when I sat with the overseers. Man, there was 15 different places where we have invested through the pandemic. You know what else? We were, we were collecting, um, uh, I messed this up last week, household items for the people, for the ladies at Ark. We, you guys took and was able to bless 30 women that have been through a, abuse or rape situations or through human trafficking with laundry detergent. You're like, well, that's, that's it is something very major. 
you were able to bless them during that time. You know how you guys came during COVID, uh, the, 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 the shutdown period, and you were dropping food off at the Springboro Community Assistance Center. You were dropping food off to help kids that were out of school during that season. That's what you did this year. What were we doing? We were being intentional about being a blessing, leaving a legacy, storing treasures for heaven, and that's opened a ton. You, 50 of you, came out on a truck and gave 33,000 pounds of food away in your community. You did that. How did, what does that do? That opened the door to help William, those other guys. We developed that partnership, that relationship with them. Grace House Church in, uh, in, in, in Dayton, they came and they filled up their van twice with food. It's an inner city church that all around them is filled with poverty. And this pastor, Pastor Emmanuel, he's from Africa. He's one of my best friends. <laughs> he's so funny. He's like, the demons in America are sophisticated. In Africa, they just cast a curse on you. I'm like, okay, all right. And, I, and, I, and he came and he filled it up and he went and it, the ladies of the church, he went and they, they had a Zumba outreach. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about? You ever done a Zumba outreach? Mm, I know I ain't done a Zumba outreach. But anyway, I'd take the food. So they took the food and they walked door to door and blessed their community. You did that. You create an opportunity for that to happen. Why? Because we want to be very intentional about how to be a blessing in this season. Listen to me. You'll miss your money you spend. You'll miss the money that you waste. You will miss poor investments. But listen to me today. You will never miss what you invest in eternity. Never. It will last forever. And it's going to show up in lives changed. Absolutely for eternity. So we will be intentional in this season to leave a legacy, leave treasures in heaven, and be a blessing. Let's close our eyes this morning, bow our heads. For this place today, you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. I've never met him before in my entire life. Or maybe you've walked away from God and you need to make a decision to come back to him. Maybe you're watching online today and you're like, Pastor, hey man, uh, I've walked away from God. I don't, I don't know Jesus or I'm backslidden. I don't know God. Listen to me, if you're watching out there today, maybe you're there and you're, you're sitting in your room there at the clean slate living or, or maybe you're watching at home with your family right now and you ran across our, our live feed and you're like, hey, man, something's different. Here's what's different. Jesus loves you, bottom line. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you've experienced, Jesus loves you. So I want to encourage you today that if you don't know Jesus, today's your day to make a decision to follow him. If you do me a favor, as you search your heart across this room, we're all going to pray a prayer together. And as we pray that prayer, I want you to mean it from your heart. Believe it in your heart. Confess with your mouth. We're all going to pray together. Wherever you are watching from, if you would, pray with me this morning. And I believe Jesus is going to change your life. Listen to me. This is why the church exists. is for those that are far from God. And so if you're out there, maybe you've had a bad church experience. Hey man, don't put a stamp on God based on human disappointment. Don't put a negative spin on God because of a, of a, of a disappointment from humanity. Humans will always let you down. God will never leave you nor forsake you. 
So let's all pray this prayer together. Everybody in this room, and if you're watching online, pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Today, I believe that. And I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to make me a new creature. Old things pass away and all things become new today. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap today. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.